Hi, I'm Dan Schinder. And I'm Steven Schinder. We are Yes Shift. Thank you for joining us. What do we do here? I, I don't remember. It feels like we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, it feels like we haven't done this since last year. Wait a minute. <laughs> and we haven't. <laughs> yeah, so, this is our first show of the year. And uh, yeah, we, we're glad to finally be able to do this. And uh, this is a topic that really like got a lot of responses like very pleased to see and uh yeah so the topic were well it, it was basically one of the questions from our purge right like there's a bit more to it which i'll get into later i guess but yeah that night in the hotel when we just blurted out some episode ideas and this was one of them like the big what's the biggest uh production shift between two consecutive yes albums um and i i I have to say at the time i thought "Eh, this is a good idea i I like this one and who thought of it was did you or did i think of it i think i thought of uh so i think yeah i think you came up with a production part but it was after i mentioned um like a possible topic of like which was the bigger shift overall like this album to this album or this album to that album and right. i'm not sure if i should mention those not, albums now or if yeah not i feel yet. like i should save them until later because i feel like people have already mentioned them so i'll like wait until after all that i guess but, well we'll, yeah. we'll give our initial takes in a moment and then we'll read the fan stuff that we've collected from posts and folks if you're watching live it's not too late feel free to chime in what two albums do you feel consecutive yes albums have the biggest shift in production one direction or the other and um when we thought of this i thought yeah this is a good one and the response i don't think we've gotten more responses to any one topic yeah, well, may, maybe for one of the Roger Dean ones where people listed their favorite paintings. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But, so we, um, and I haven't told you this yet, but I've been tallying like how oh, many of these like are the shifts. same. Yeah. Like, so, so far, I won't say what they are yet, but there is like a top three. E- even if I am like one number off, there is like a obvious top three among all these like gaps between albums and which ones people think is the biggest production shift between them. And there's, um, I gotta tell you, there's a couple of things that I read in the comments that you compiled where I was like, wow, I didn't think of that one. Like I'll give my initial one, even though some of it's changed now a little bit, but mine is still very valid. And I, I think, I don't want to give it away, but I will say I'm guessing I, I haven't tallied I think my initial one is one of the most popular ones, but I've seen a couple other mentioned that I went, whoa, I didn't even think of that. Because mine, I have thought for years and years and years. So it was easy. It was just top of mind. Like I didn't even give it any thought. Oh, I know what that is. And I think that's where the whole idea of the show came from because I've always complained about the difference (laughs) in these two albums, one album apart and only like a year apart, you know? So we'll, we'll get into that. But I want to thank everybody for chiming in. Tell us, folks, also where you're watching from. I'm in Globe, Arizona, which is a very small mountain city, about 100 miles east of Phoenix. There's like 7,200 people here. And Steve's in SoCal. Can we say what city or do you still uh, have yeah, groupies I'm, after you? Oh, okay, he's in Downey. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Downey, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And yeah, and these, uh, again, like really happy with the responses. And I, I think mine, like my answer, I'm not like, even after reading some of them, I'm not sure if I'm like 100% with it. It could even change over time, but I think I'm going to stick to my answer. You know what? It just because it's like one of the least popular ones. I want to throw in my two cents on that. Oh, wow. That's funny. I, I was going to ask you if, if your answer, and sorry, folks, I'm looking at my notes and I rarely use notes, but for this, I gladly have to, and I'm just going to move them. I'm on a really big screen. I'm going to see if I can move them over to, ah, screw it. I'll just have to look to the side and that's okay. Yeah. I was going to ask if, if your answer may have changed based on some things you saw, um, people suggest, but well, let's just get into it and, and see. So I'll give you the honors, uh, beauty before age in this case. So go ahead, <laughs> son. And, and, and did we say that it's a father son, um, program? Yeah, you're the father on the son. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes in that case. changes in some ways, but that's another story. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, so my initial answer, and this is kind of, well, first off we should talk about what do we mean when it comes like production wise because i feel like people have different views of that you're right, right. i'm we're thinking like the sound and how it's recorded yeah sonically but, yeah. the results that's a good point to bring up steve sonically the result how different is the soundscape from one album to the next the two consecutive albums that you folks think sound vastly different enough to say, oh my gosh, that's a huge shift. Which, by the way, episode eighty-five, right? Yeah. Not counting all the one. news desks. Yeah, not counting all the news desks, but just a regular episode eighty-five. When we finally weaved, wove, woven the the Whoa. word shift into the name of an episode, which is part of the name of our show. Yes, shift. I just thought it took us a while, but here we are. Yeah. So really, coming full circle tour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> For all good people. Yeah. Um, so my initial answer, which I guess I'm for the most part might stick with, and it is kind of a cheat because of the way this went down. That's totally you. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> but um, I'm thinking from big generator to union. And I guess from a certain point of view, one could even say from ABWH to Union, it's a huge shift. So it's kind of different shifts from two different directions into one I never thing. thought of ABWH because... Right, because it wasn't made with the intent of being a Yes album. It just retroactively became part of the yeah. discography. Yeah. Do we include that? Because if so, that changes my world completely. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't have to, if it makes sense. I, I will say this, whether or not we do, I will say this. Like some Yes albums, the ABWH album stands out on its own production-wise completely different from any other Yes yeah. album, I think. Yeah, there's no... Well, I feel like the latter has like some similar uh cultural influences but yeah production wise abdo age pretty much stands on its own yeah yeah that's interesting i didn't even consider that so yeah, okay so because with big generator they did record in multiple places but in union they just multiply that by like a hundred or something yeah like plus brought bands. in other people and 
Yeah. You know, not that yes to, but yeah, that ended up being like a, uh, well, anyways, I'll give mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mine might change and I'll get to my possible change after we read all the comments. Yeah, because I might have a possible change thanks to some of these comments. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. And I wonder if it's the same because one of them literally made me slap my head and go, wow. <laughs> so mine have, for, for, since 1978 when Tormato came out, I could not believe how boxy it sounds compared to Going for the One. Going for the One given the time it was recorded and released in 1976-77 you know when they started recording it 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 has a great open almost live sort of sound considering that's when it was recorded and then we get tormato which has more shorter songs and that's not yeah, part of the answer but the same lineup so yeah, you same, kind of expect a similar result right but the format of the material was different and the recording you know bless his heart alan and and the the recording process his drums just sound like shoeboxes and the whole thing sounds like it was recorded in a shoebox it's it's such a narrow eq field as opposed to the wideness and openness of the album before it going for the one so that was mine i mine i think is going to change believe it or not Okay. to one of two things that I read. And folks, I haven't even read all the comments. We have six pages of comments. So strap yourself in, put a helmet on, <laughs> and go on this ride with us. And Steve, should we just get to it and take turns? What we're going to do is read the comments we have so far. We'll check the live comments and uh, on both Trump Talk TV, where we're simulcasting, and here on the Yes Shift page. And then we'll each give our take on each one other than duplicates. We'll still read those, but we won't give our take because... We've given it. Maybe we will once in a while in case people are popping in and out. You know how it works. Yeah, for sure. All right, you go first. Okay, so looking at the comments we have. So a friend of ours, Tony Jefferson. Who the? F- oh, yeah, Tony. <laughs> he says, close to the edge to tales from topographic oceans, different drummer and different studio, and also differences in production quality. That's yeah, that- very legit. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because musically, Tails feels like the next step to me. But if you think about the way Close to the Edge was made, like, you know, they were stitching the stuff together. Like, it felt like it was so complicated the way they did that. And with Tails, they, I think, brought hay and some, like, cutouts. I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah, Rick's keyboards got infested with lice. So, yeah, I, I could see that a bit. Um, and folks, when I look this way, I'm on a big wide screen and that's where my notes are. So I'm not staring into Steve's ear, even though I can see the wall on the other side through his other ear. That's really weird. Okay. Next we have Kevin Ward. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, thank you so much. I would also vote for going for the one to Tormato, just like mine. His reasoning is going for the one is, oh, spacious. Tormato is kind of in your face. Uh, I enjoy both albums, but I've always considered, yes, huge, spacious, otherworldly prior to Tormato. Yeah, that that's huge. In a way, maybe Tormato somewhat goes back to the very first or second album with just the format of the music in a way, even though they sound nothing alike. But but that, oh, yeah. that's legit, Eight and that songs. was my first picks. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. ahead with the next one. 
Yeah, so the next one, Anthony Abdoella or Abdoea, um, well, those should be right, I think, uh, says magnification to fly from here. And that one did come to mind because, you know, it's very fair. You have the 10-year gap, so a lot has changed in time. But, like, to me personally, the time soundscape... Is time. Yeah, <laughs> time is time. Like, it, it definitely sounds different, you know, Trevor Horn doing his stamp on Fly From Here. But um, well, it doesn't feel too different to I me, agree. To me, it doesn't feel too different because they're both big sounds. Just, you know, you get the orchestra and all that on magnification. And, and you got a nice fat sound for the most part, I think, on Fly From Here. There's, I think that is very valid, and and I could be wrong. Maybe this is what Anthony meant, that it's one of the biggest differences in the music. But but sonic-scape-wise, sonically, I don't think they're that far apart because they both sound so big, but it's it's all subjective, you know. Right, yeah. There's not one, like, objective answer, so it's, like, it's really fun seeing people's different points of views here. Yeah, and Fernando Perdomo. Uh, Perdomo. Oh, yeah, he... um. He's a guitarist. He actually uh, played with Yes members at the Alan White tribute, yeah. and he performed with Dave Kurzer on the Yesterday and Today yeah. tribute album they put together a few years ago. Fernando, so, thanks yeah. for chiming in. Uh, drama to 90125. Now, I had to think about that for a moment, and I do agree, but I think that's in all of these. Uh, what do you think? I think that's almost a buried bone because... They both have a modern sound from what the two or three albums that came before them, or at least the two. And I kind of like that, that matchup didn't even occur to me. So uh, I think yes. that drama's big, fat, and, and heavy sounding, whereas 90125 is like, we're, now we're in the future. You know, 1980 versus into the 80s and, and all new production gear. And you kind of hear that. So I get that, you know. Yeah, and this is what I meant when I said um, our question of what was the biggest shift kind of stemmed from my original question that I thought of, which was what was a bigger shift in yes, like going from Tormato to Drama or from Drama to 90125. Right. So this, this one definitely occurred to me. Um, and I see that Mark Burns agreed with Fernando's uh, mm -hmm. answer. And we're talking uh, about consecutive albums, folks. That's an important part of the this this puzzle. They have to be con like you can't say the Yes album and Relayer. Yeah, you know, we're talking and, about consecutively with the biggest change. Yeah, and it's interesting to think about this one because nine hundred one two five, kind of like Union or most of Union, started out as a different band. You know, it was Cinema, and then they brought John back, and uh, they made it into Yes. So. It's, it's kind of almost a cheat as well, but you have the consistency with Trevor Horn, but it does feel... Totally different roles, though. Yeah, and it's poppier. Like, I think Machine Messiah has that future feel a bit as well, but it's kind of and a Tempest different type Fugit. of future. Yeah, like it's kind of a different type of future feel between these two albums. It's yeah. kind of hard to really express verbally but i think people get what i'm saying yeah um joe luca yeah from awaken yeah joe luca says i would have to say fly from here to heaven and earth dramatically 
difference in production quality going down, in his opinion, from Fly From Here and then down to Heaven and Earth, going up probably Tormato up to drama. I absolutely agree. And that's one of the things yeah. I did not think of. I, my brain was so stuck on 40-whatever <laughs> years of, of complaining about going for the one to Tormato that that didn't even occur to me. And that might be my answer shift. We'll see when we get to the end of this, because oh, wow. there's a couple other forehead slappers. But did that one ever occur to you? Like, that's huge. It might be even a bigger difference from going for the one to Tormato when you go to Tormato to this giant big sound of drama or drama, as Trevor <laughs> Horn would say. Yeah, so this didn't really occur to me like there's definitely a difference in how the two albums were made and people can hear it um what's interesting about joe's answer is uh like his preferences here seem to be the trevor Hor like the drama or or almost drama lineup ones you know like yeah. fry from here and drama over tormato and heaven and earth um and yeah, you also got like Roy Thomas Baker on different sides of those eras. You know, he was with the Paris Sessions and the Lair with Heaven and Earth. So, yeah, it's definitely a valid answer. It's an interesting one to think about. Mm -hmm. Cool. And then Tony Warren says Tormato and either side of that. So I Going guess what, back to that, yeah. Yeah, so I guess what Tony means is either going for the one to Tormato or Tormato to Drama. Like, no, I think he means, let me reread it. Go, yes, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Yes, with drama sandwiched in the middle there. Yeah, absolutely. Totally valid. And and again, that's what really made me go, oh, duh, Tormato to <laughs> drama. Like I was always, like I say, I don't want to sound like a broken record, so I won't, no pun intended. <laughs> so Austin Owen, thanks, David, by the way. Austin Owen says, time and a word to the Yes album, the first Yes album with Eddie Offord and like those early ones. So for me personally, those early ones didn't even occur to me because to me, even though Peter Banks is only on the first album, and I the some, second one and the second one, I somehow group those first three albums together, even though Steve Howe yeah. is on the third one. Somehow that's almost like one era to me because there's such a leap from the third album to fragile it's and and i have to say i'm the fly in the ointment for me is roger dean like that just totally yeah. changed the whole <laughs> you know branding and oh now that music's represented visually and so somehow those first three albums are in one compartment for me and i never even thought to give those considerations so i like that one that's good what do you think of that yeah that is definitely like once people started saying that one, I was like, oh yeah, like of course people saw this as like a huge leap in the Yes sound. But yeah, I, I, like I've said on the show, I kind of see those first three albums as like, um, like Tony K trilogy type of thing, if that makes yeah. sense. By the um, way, since I have it, oh go ahead, you want to finish with that, and then I got something to mention. Oh, yeah, I, I was just gonna add that Eddie offered was. Uh, an engineer on time and a word, but then the yes album was when he got more involved with the uh, production as so, a producer. Yeah. yeah. I, it reminded me talking about those first three albums, folks, Bill's book, Bill Bruford's book. I think so far what has shocked me the most in this about the whole, his whole history with yes 
is how little to nothing they were making even after like the third album came out. Like that really blew me away. They were making almost nothing. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, because, you know, um, we think of them as, well, anyways, go ahead. Next. <laughs> yeah, and David almost said going for the one to Tormato. So, again, another one we've mentioned. Um, so, yeah, you want to read that one from Paul Stefani? Yes. Um, the ladder to magnification. I, and I don't know. To me, the... Again, they're both big, wide sounds. I agree that the music is completely different, but I don't hear a giant leap from one production style to the other. Now, maybe if I put those both on right now, like played a song from, hello, a song from each one in a row, I might think, oh, okay, I just haven't listened to this that way or something. But what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Musically, I agree a thousand percent. Yeah, um, sorry, I was just reading uh, Tony Warren also added drama in either side of that. So there's another side to that, I guess, yeah. from him. Um, but yeah, the ladder to magnification, because, you know, you take out the keyboardist and, you know, Billy Sherwood as well and bring in an orchestra, but it still feels like there's definitely a difference, but to me, it's not as huge of a difference as some of these other shifts we've seen. Um, but yeah, each of those albums definitely have like their own identity. So yeah. I can kind of see where one could come at that in that perspective. And I have to say the latter is one of my favorite Lee produced albums by yes. I just mm. think the sound is magnificent. The late great Bruce Fairbrain, Fairbrain did such a great job. It sounds great. It really does. Yeah, it does. Which gave me an idea for an episode. So I'm just, <laughs> just going to throw it out here and we'll revisit it later. And okay. people can start stewing on it. The A lineup that was not a lineup that recorded the original version that performed it even better or to someone's more liking live. So I'll mm. give an example since we're thinking about the latter. I think that the version of um, of uh, Perpetual Change on the Ladder Tour is my oh, yeah. favorite version. I just love that. Yeah, and, that and, version is amazing. And yours is no disgrace. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, they're really, really good. The band is just on fire. Nothing against the original lineup that recorded it, but it just sounds great. It's rocking. So, okay, we'll revisit that episode another time. Yeah. All right, mm -hmm. so Seth Merges says, Relayer to Going for the One. The change in keyboardists is unmistakable, and the sounds of both albums are so vastly different. And, yeah, I think at that point, that was the biggest gap between Yes Studio albums. You know, all the ones before then were, like, back-to-back, -back, sometimes even a couple per year, which is insane to think about. It but is. yeah, there's definitely a noticeable difference between Relayer and Going for the One and the sound and the formatting. So yeah, I get that. that that's another one that I saw that and went, oh yeah. You know, Relayer, I cannot think of a song on Relayer without automatically picturing the album cover and the color palette and just how different yeah. that is from the all branding. of the... Yeah, the whole package and... 
while yes, the music is completely different and Patrick sounds versus Rick sounds, the, the production is also that much different. So it's not just the change of the keyboard with player, which is, of course, uh, and the going off into fusion and all that with Relayer. That's all, all valid. But even just the production alone, I think that, my opinion, going for the one kind of got closed back in a little bit, whereas Relayer is just out there, way out there, you know, just an arena kind of sound. Yeah. And then we have Eric Grondon, who says drama and 90125. So we got another, another mention that. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Eduardo Fiol Mejica. I hope I got that right. Uh, close to the edge to Tales from Topographic Oceans is like Tony Jefferson said. It's not only the drumming that's huge in itself. Agreed. I agree with both you guys on that. Yeah. And Max Hunt from Yet's tribute band Fragile and who's uh, recorded uh with Clive Bailey as a firm where we've had both of them on our show before says without a doubt drama to 90125 in my opinion hmm another yeah. vote for that yeah Tim Newman by the way thanks Max thanks everybody for chiming in and we'll we'll look at the live comments as we go as well and Steve you can weave those in uh yeah. Tim Newman says I think the obvious answer is drama again to 90125 but the change from tape to pure digital is an industry-wide tectonic shift that's kind of what i was trying to explain earlier you're absolutely right a lot a lot of these times it's not just the producer and often it's the same producer through some of these shifts not just their audio vision if you will but the the equipment and the technology that they had to work with and that is when things just totally changed yeah and uh, then Joey Wise says Relayer to going for the one or Tormado to drama. They do have drastic production. So for some of these answers, people put in like a couple different answers, yeah. which is fine. Like it's cool to see. Yeah, those are huge. Um, Martin Proctor says, I would say going for the one to Tormado because of Eddie leaving. Yeah. And then Paul Ehrlich or Ehrlich says talk to keys to ascension that's another no. one i didn't even think of yeah and i wasn't sure if we should if we'd count this because of the live stuff but i mean it does have studio stuff but like this is the thing where i was wondering if i should change my answer because with talk you know there is stuff on union that feels like you know the raven stuff feels like it's the seeds of talk and then you do all the recording to hard drive and it just sounds so digital and inside of a computer and then you get to the keys studio material i guess you could call it and yeah it feels so different from talk it feels like a, almost a different band you well know? absolutely and what happened and just like tim is saying that tectonic change that shift in the industry going to digital and then they took it a step farther. And I, if I remember right, I believe Talk is the very first full album that was recorded direct to disc. And then what started to happen is people wanted stuff to sound like it was on tape again. And that, to <laughs> me, is the difference that you hear on the Keys Studio stuff. It's fatter, yeah. it's warmer, it sounds like an analog recording. And the latter is the same way. You know, yeah. so it's it, there's that weird arc where we went back to bell bottoms and tie-dye, if you will. Yeah, for sure. Um, then we've got 
Rob Lee Latham. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Rob Lee Latham. How's it going? Tormato to drama and talk to keys. There you go. Mm-hmm. Some of these are obvious to a lot of people because we're seeing a lot of repeat things. And that some of these, it makes so much sense for me to look at them now and hear it in my head. Like, didn't even mm-hmm. occur to me some of these. And they're, they're such great examples. Yeah. And then we have Trevor Jones. Um, I briefly wondered if this was the same Trevor Jones who did the music for The Dark Crystal. Um, huh. I don't think I don't think it is. But uh, in any case, Trevor says drama to 90125. Hey, those albums have Trevor's on them. Um, and that was me adding that part. Yeah. Um, and then he continues only two out of five personnel, the same and a radically different sound. Yeah. Um, so all this drama talk. Oh, I is, get it. Two different ones, not two remaining ones. Yeah. 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 Um, but all this drama talk is reminding me of something. So, uh, and as I opened up on my, well, my windows here, uh, recently John D posted that there is some rehearsal footage from the drama era of that lineup rehearsing and you and I, um, so he, he posted a little snippet of it, um, and I'll link it later, but here, I'm just looking at the description right now. So John D says, uh, here's a very short video of the drama, Yes, Rehearsing Andrew and I in 1980. The good news is that the video masters of this footage are available for licensing. The bad news is that I can only post this tiny bit of footage. I have let Yes management know about the video master tapes of this 1980 rehearsal. There are also properly filmed interviews with the drama band members. Wow. Here's, here's hoping that Yes Management or someone else licenses this extensive footage and gets it out there. You so, know what? In Yes Years, there is that shot when Steve Howe is talking about that album and how he said, I got particularly close to Trevor Horn. And you see them in the studio yeah, sitting behind a, I wonder if that's part of some of that interview footage and stuff. B-roll. Yeah. I, I was, cause looking at the footage, I was wondering that too. Cause I vaguely remember there was some of that where it, it's not part of the music videos they show. It, it's like something else. So yeah, I, I would love to see all this footage released. Like lots of us fans would love to yeah. see this. I'm sure. Uh, well, at least we know that's one thing that wasn't lost in one of John's closets. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. Right, because right, John Anderson wasn't there. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, let's see. We've got next uh, is... Mark Colvard. Oh, thank you. I lost my place. Mark Colvard says, maybe is Tales from Topographic Oceans to Relayer. Uh, agreed. That's a great take. Uh, going from, oh, I love this, cozy, familiar London studio to Chris's home studio with more weed and, wait, what? Oh, with new keyboardists <laughs> and the desire to take the music in a different direction. The sound certainly changed. That's another great example, actually, Mark, of not only the difference, the big shift in the production sonically, but the music just being completely different. It's as much as a shift as close to the edge to tails and tails to relayer, because tails is, even in the ancient, as odd as that piece is, as a whole, the album's very warm and cozy. It's such a great word that you used, Mark. It's warm and cozy. I'd even say fuzzy. And and there's just something very er- earthly about it, sandwiched between two albums that are everything but earthly. 
you know, and, and I dig that. It must have been the farm animals and the hay in the studio. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Annabelle or Annabelle uh, Servin says fragile to close to the edge. Uh, that's an interesting one because it's the same lineup. But again, the format is different. It's not, you know, they have solos on fragile and then close to the edge is like three songs. And I don't know if it sounds too different to me. What, what do you think of that take dad? I, I agree with you. And I think that one of the reasons why I think the X factor in that is Bill Bruford. His right. drumming style is so recognizable that I think it stitched those two albums together, which sort of impeded that much of a shift. Um, but there's, you know, we've talked about this over and over. There is no album that sounds <laughs> anything like the production style, forget the music for a moment, as close to the edge, other than maybe fragile. So that's why I don't think it's that much. But I totally respect that take, absolutely. Because we're all hearing this with different ears, you know? Yeah, and um, actually one of my friends from college recently got around to... You went to listen. college? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he got around to listening to Fragile, and he he really enjoyed how... Um, Steve Howe? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, probably. But how he couldn't always like expect what the next song would be like and that's a great I, take i feel like that's something we kind of take for granted with fragile because we're so used to it but yeah if you think about it it's like the different solos from different members and then even each of the full band songs sound very different from each other it's a really surprising album yeah uh if you look at just three long distance run around roundabout and heart of the sunrise you know heart of the sunrise is just so blah in the beginning <laughs> you know it's just like it's almost like i was a, how old was i when i heard that i was like nine eight and it like scared me when that came on <laughs> doesn't scare me as much that's a good take uh, Chris Gibson, Tormato to Drama again. Yeah, and go. then Mark Bierkins says Drama to 90125. So, again. yeah, another recurring one. Yeah, and here's another. Uh, Alan Bialowas says Time and a Word to the Yes album. Yeah, and then Jeffrey Conrad uh, responded to Alan saying, wasn't even considering this, but now that you mentioned it, you may be right. The Yes album was a huge step forward, and production was a huge part of that. Yeah, very good take. Now, uh, oh, you're next. Right? Okay, uh, John English, um, not to be confused with Johnny English, played by Rowan Atkinson, uh, says, I think there were quite noticeable shifts between any of the albums they did between Yes and Drama, with the exception of Close to the Edge and Tales from Topographic Oceans. Now, that's interesting. He doesn't notice that much of a shift in those two. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. And I wonder if, John, if you're referring more musically than the soundscape. Yeah, it's possible. But either way. But yeah, so then we've got Colvin Eng Engeler Houston says, this is where... I get my head cut off. <laughs> I haven't seen this one. This is where I get my head cut off, but I feel a huge change in heaven and earth to the quest. Reason for that is, as I understand it, 
The latter, not the ladder, but the latter, <laughs> as in the quest, was recorded under lockdown conditions, true, yeah. and the band recorded separately or on in twos on opposite sides of the Atlantic, sort of like Onion, uh, I mean Union. Now, that's an interesting take, and I, I have to say, I haven't heard Heaven and Earth enough to make that comparison in my head, so I'll have to take your word for it. Well, not take your word for it, that's your take. But I mean, you like Steve, what you're more familiar with Heaven and Earth than I am. To me, yeah. it was too ballady. Right. I think production wise, there is a bit of a shift, but not a huge one, even though it's been like there's like seven years between the albums. Um when I listen to the quest, I don't really hear that they're in separate locations like i just imagine they're all in the same place even though i know for a fact that that's not true you know mm -hmm. i think that's because they did such a good job with it yeah cool um and then lee crawford says uh once again time and a word to the yes album yeah uh vinnie spadaro says i'd vote relayer to going for the one now this is the second one that was like a forehead slapper for me just like uh <laughs> tormato to drama and now you've got real air to going for the one. That's a total yes and a yes vote and totally obvious when you really think of that. Yeah. Uh, everything leading up to real air was building upon similar foundation, including the first two albums. So musically, definitely, and, and probably production wise, he says, that's me. He says, this feels like the most logical drop off spot, if you will. I like the way you put that, Vinny. Uh, I would say 90125 because that wasn't supposed to be yes. And into the 90s was flipping back and forth between the two prominent lineups. So that's not a fair era to base it on either. I, th I think it, it could be if we are talking just about the sonic soundscape and not the music as much, but I right. totally get what you're saying and all good takes. Yeah, uh, Evie Austin says Tormato to drama. I admittedly enjoy Tormato quite a bit, but getting to that clear, beautiful, heavy sound of drama is always amazing to me. Interesting. I like that. Uh, that's another great way to put those, those two albums mentioned. Uh, and then Christopher Cartwright says from, <laughs> sorry, as soon as I read his last name, that scene in Seinfeld just ran through my head when the guy um, at the Chinese yes. restaurant calls Cartwright instead of Costanza. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know what took me there. And then Seinfeld says, but you're not Cartwright. I know I'm not Cartwright. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that, Christopher. Christopher Cartwright says from real air again to going for the one, a very obvious one. I didn't even think of, did you even consider that? <laughs> did you consider those when you, I kind of did, but not for very long. It's so obvious to me now that I'm seeing this over and over. Eddie offered to uh, band produced. So Eddie offered in real air to the band producing going for the one. Um, Howe and Mraz to Howe versus Wakeman. Uh, there's a reason Steve Wilson remixes our Yes album. Let me read that Dude. again. There's, there's a reason Steve Wilson remixes our Yes album to relayer. Oh, I get it. That okay. That chunk of the catalog. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And then we got Bruce Campbell. Um, I don't think this is the actor, although that would have been cool. You know, I've um, never heard a Steve Wilson remix of anything. 
Oh, I've heard like some here and there, but I'm not super familiar with me, them. Me neither. I I don't. I'm in the dark on that one and seem ignorant, but I'm more naive. Go ahead with Bruce. Right. So Bruce, thanks for chiming in. Uh, says time and a word to the Yes album. Not only production, but the swap from Banks to How produced the classic Yes sound and compositions we love. Ah, they're so, okay. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, again, this is something that a lot of fans uh, seem to agree on that there's definitely a difference between the early Yes sound, like on the first two albums and the Yes album, even though you and I kind of lump those first three together, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Alejandro Casentino says, That's easy! Going for the one in Tormato. Sorry, both are radically different sound-wise and a very short period of time between them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and then Bill Makarski says Tormato to drama. So we got another repeat of Definitely. that. Definitely. And Neil Stevenson, drama to 90125 <laughs> again. Yeah, and then Paul Elridge says from talk to keys to ascension. Or it would be if Wakeman had used more classic or better emulations of classic keyboard tones like he did earlier and later. I think even um, without that, I agree with you, Paul, that talk to keys to ascension are very different. And I, I think the, the biggest way I could explain it is like I mentioned before, going from that digital recording to hard disk to no, 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 let's, let's drop back down here in that warmer analog sound. That to me is how they sound so different. And the key studio stuff also has that nice big live sound, the room sound, if you will. Yeah. Cool. Dan Plunkett says significant differences between the studio tracks on keys and open your eyes. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah th that did kind of come to mind, but weirdly, I think, you know, it still has the Steve Howe guitar sound in places. So, you know what though? Uh, oh, go I, ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's definitely a a big shift, but not as big as like some of the other ones that I was thinking about. I, I think "Open Your Eyes to the Ladder" is a huge leap. Oh, it thanks to is. Bruce Fairbairn. Yeah. Yeah. Same lineup, but totally different sound of those two albums. I happen to love the sound of "Open Your Eyes," but that that's huge. Yeah. And then Paul McCoy says they had a lot of turning points, but the key point was from time and a word to the Yes album. When Steve joined, that was when they really raised the bar and became an innovative progressive rock band. So yeah, we got another mention of that first like major transition in the band. Yep. And Jerry Orama, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Jerry. Jerry says from drama to 90125 would be easy pick, but also magnification of fly from here should be mentioned in this context there are those two are again yeah yeah again it's got that tenure gap between those latter two mm -hmm. uh john clarity says from a bass player's perspective from close to the edge to tails was a radical shift from squire's rake in your face sound to a somewhat softer gentler tone even though tails completely blew me away that's a great take i like that a lot uh hey john kuhn Super user, super fan. Uh, Tales to Relayer, simple as that. And I agree. Yeah. Like, that's one of the ones that didn't occur to me that when I saw it on the list, I'm like, oh, duh. Yeah, and Nick Copeland says, Tormato, which is muddy and tinny in equal parts, 
to drama, Trevor Horn at his best, muscular, bold, bright, and crisp. Yeah, Trevor Horn like did a lot of work from that. He he's been um posting some nice throwback picks uh, recently, so people should check those out on his page. Absolutely. And then Peter Greenwood, we know who Peter is. Yeah, from Say Yes. Yep, another awesome yes tribute band. He says the Yes album to Fragile technically. More tracks and instrument separation with the resulting increased clarity. I remember an interview at the time where one of the band, How I think, remarked how they were using booths for instrumental recording rather than always being in an open room together in order to keep the overspill down. This makes a lot of sense when planning overdubs, drop-ins, and retakes, as overspill will be very low in the mix. Offered was at the helm. He did a great job when one compares Fragile Production to other notable albums of late 1971. Um, so yeah, yes to Fragile, huge leap. And yeah, I can, you know, just reading that when you talk about that more isolated sound, I can hear that in the production that it, it's uh it's cleaner and they had the same gear to record with then you know we're not talking about 10 15 years changes in technology so uh having doing that did do something absolutely that's a great take yeah and before i go to this next one just reading a live comment from jeffrey mason friend of the show uh, who says 1978 to 1980, so I'm guessing he means Tormato to Dramo once again. Yeah. Uh, it's quite a popular one. Yeah. Um, so this next one from JC Bree or Bray, um, however it's pronounced, says when Trevor Rabin joined and 90125 came out. So I guess I'll be from Drama to 90125, and yeah. yeah, there's definitely a difference there. Yeah, CJ Irwin says... Magnification to fly from here again. Magnification sounded way more organic, real, and unprocessed. Fly from here was way too digital. While there's a lot of subjectivity there, I, I uh, totally get it and don't disagree um, that magnification was more of that, you know, like throw them in a room or on a stage and just record it without an audience versus something that with Trevor Horn having a lot more processing in it and, you know, things like that. Um, and the re-edition of uh, Jeff Downs and his keyboard sounds having that, bringing back that era sound, if you will, from the 80s to a degree. Yeah, and I do kind of wonder if part of this is maybe partially due to like the branding, but uh, some of the songs on Magnification, I do imagine like taking place outside, whereas with Fly From Here, some of that material I imagine inside, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I wonder if like maybe the space cover for Magnification kind of contributes to that in my head, but who knows? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, then, so Daniel, oh, Daniel Carter Gibson says, um, time and a word, a little muddy, though still cherished to the Yes album, which was more crisp and clear and had some hot shot new guitarist. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he'll work out. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, just the addition of Steve Howe, uh, which uh, reminds me, uh, I actually saw that Steve Howe made a post about uh, Jeff Beck, who passed away. Oh, I didn't like, see that week. one. Do you? Can you pull it up before we're done? Yeah, so... Um, 
He says Jeff Beck was the most formidable guitarist. His original uncompromised power shook the buildings he played in with his dazzling and otherwise sublime playing, twisting every last drop out of each note. He told me once that he played even better at home. My condolences to his family and loved ones. Steve That's Howe. awesome to hear from a virtuoso like Steve Howe. Yeah, I mean, with, yeah, whenever the world of rock loses a musician, like, it, it's tough. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's always huge. Yeah. Um, something else that this comment made me think of. Oh, going again from Eddie being engineer to producer seat had something to do with it as well. Right, yeah. Yeah, cool. Nathan Tyler Lowry says, hmm, Tormato to drama, open your eyes to the ladder. Ah, I mentioned that earlier. Magnification from anything, <laughs> union to talk. He's got a few takes here. Keys to ascension to open your eyes, true. Going for the one to Tormato, never considered that. Just kidding. Frankly, <laughs> musically, Sound Chaser from Relayer was the most radical move. Musically, absolutely. We're talking sonically here. I think maybe we didn't make that totally clear when we posed this, but very great takes. I think all accurate as far as how I feel about them. Yeah. And then Randy Robinson says, time and a word to the Yes album or drama to 90125. Yeah. Interesting, like very different eras there. Yeah. Uh, Randy Robinson Oh, I'm just uh, kidding, just, Joel. Just, yeah, <laughs> Joel Y, or if it's Spanish, Joel E. Perard. <laughs> uh, maybe there's two of them. Uh, I would actually say the Yes album to Fragile. Mm. Yeah, another one. Yeah, and then Chad Pollock says Keys to Ascension to Open Your Eyes. So yeah, like we another said, vote like, for that. Yeah, and then uh, Joe Cast replied, uh, Joe Cast, drummer for Total Mastertain. Um, he says, uh, I was also thinking talk to Keys to Ascension, production-wise especially. Yeah. And um, yeah, Joe was actually um, on the latest episode of Yes Music podcast. He got interviewed there talking about Total Mastertain. It was yeah. a really neat episode. Um, and one of their shows, uh, upcoming shows, had to get canceled for like health reasons at the venue, I guess. But their Philadelphia show is still happening on the 22nd. Yeah. Uh, Andy Kill simply says, yes, West on talk was the biggest shift. Um, so that, that's valid, I'd say, to any album on either side of it, being that we're comparing two consecutive yes albums, what are the biggest shifts? So I, I understand where he's coming from. Okay. Yeah. And John M. Matheny says from going for the one to Tormato, the former is pretty much perfect production wise. The latter is very harsh sounding to me. Interesting. Um, I'm glad to see that appear so many times because now I'm not thinking like, okay, I wasn't too harsh or crazy you see, thinking you feel, that. You feel vindicated. Vindicated over the 40, <laughs> I can't, 45 years? 45 years of thinking that since Tormato came out. And that was so good live, the stuff they played. You know, it was so good live. Um, yeah. Future Times and Rejoice from that tour are one of my favorite live yeah. Yes performances. They're just so good, um, especially at the Cleveland, Ohio show. 
Um, yeah, and hey, Kevin Mulrine's Tormata book coming up soon. Tormata.com. Oh, that's people. right. <laughs> Tormatabook.com, rather. Cool. Tom Verastro says, no album sounds like 90125 before or since. So I would say drama to 90125. Many, many differences in personnel, instrumentation, and stylistically between drama and 90125, although I love both. That's cool. I love that you recognize you're so different and love both. That's awesome. Yes, the Fairlight, that's a keyboard for those who don't know, but also Yamaha's DX, another keyboard, i.e. FM rather than analog, since also Squire's bass tone was intentionally steering away from his trademark Rickenbach sound on most tracks. Very true. That I never really thought about that when we think soundscape of production, but the fact that the instrument sounds also were so different, which contributes to this. Yeah. Yeah. And I see a live comment from Douglas Reed who says, I agree with your take on Tormato as a condensed sound. With all the soloing parts between How and Wakeman, it sounds like a gunfight scene from John Wick. <laughs> We just saw that recently, all the John yeah. Wick movies on New Year's Day. My wife and I had a pajama movie binge with the dogs and the cat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are, those are fun movies, yeah. There, as um, soon as he mentioned yeah. that, I'm like picturing the scene with Halle Berry and, and John Wick and the two dogs in that scene where they're just, I loved that. That was awesome. Yeah, it's heavy stuff, obviously, but just the way they choreograph everything. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And those yeah. dogs were just brilliant. Whoever the handler and trainers were, just amazing stuff. Um, yeah. Is it my turn or your turn? I think it's uh, my I turn. I think it's, yeah, go okay. ahead and read uh, John Barry's. Oh. Okay, interesting question. I'd have to say Tormato to drama myself. Tormato always felt weak to my ears. Okay, and then we have... You know, Pete. I want to say something about that. Yeah. While I've said over and over and over how squashed and cardboard sound, Alan's drum sound and how much it sounded like that was recorded or mixed in a cardboard box, that's something I'd, I, I would love to remix myself and open that <laughs> fucker up. You know, because <laughs> I, I love the music that's on it. And like I said, on the tour, the, what they did perform from that, when you look at Silent Wings of Freedom, Future Times, Rejoice, even um, Circus of Heaven, even, is such a big sound. Like, it's so far from the album. Hello, why didn't you just think <laughs> backwards and do it the way you would have performed it? You know, I think that's so curious. I would love to remix that or have anybody of, of worth remix it and have that as a reissue. Oh, on on colored vinyl with the Yes Tour map on it. Ooh. Yeah, and maybe maybe commemorative. Even, yeah, maybe even title it Yes Tour this time and remove the tomato. Tomato, maybe. yeah. Yeah, and make it more of a collector's thing, yeah. I love that. Let's license yeah. it and just do it. <laughs> Uh, Pete Sherman says Tormato to drama. Um, yeah, so that's another repeat. And then John Bean just says the Yes album. So I'm guessing John might mean from time and a word to the Yes album. Yeah. Yeah. So. Lots of stuff. Thanks for all the participation, everybody. Um, are, are there any other new takes? So it looks like Douglas is, was the most recent. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it. How but, about on um, the uh, Drum Talk TV page? I see that Ingo Martis said, yo, guys, like uh, a hello to us. Hey, Ingo. Um, but no new takes. Um, but like I alluded to, I tallied up 
how much each of these different shifts that were yeah, mentioned. Yeah, I think I, I know the score. I think that, well, I yeah. bet it's close between um, Awaken. Uh, going for the one to Tormato or Tormato to Drama are the biggest ones. And and third place would be Drama to 90125. That's my guess. I wasn't counting. I'm just going by feel. How close am I? Yeah, I think you're pretty close. Um, so third place uh, with eight mentions by my count. Uh, and this was one that really surprised me is from Time and a Word to the Yes album. That does surprise me, yeah. Yeah, but, um, you, you know, after hearing so many mentions of it on here, it's like, okay, I, I, I kind of see it. Now I got to listen to those back to back, or right. at least the last song of one and the first song of the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, th I think going for the one to Tormato was fourth place with six oh. mentions on here. Oh, wow. Um, but, but yeah, going upward, uh, second place uh, with 10 votes on here is drama to 90125 and then first place with 12 mentions um is tormado to drama interesting and, that, and that's 12 not including uh yours but yeah, yeah. Uh, that it doesn't surprise me that's my shift that's probably <laughs> my number one vote now yeah and a little disclaimer i gotta give everybody Synemsis happens. I go to zero to a hundred as far as I don't have to pee to. Oh my God, I got to pee now. And it's partly due to diabetes. So I'm only saying that to give me a little bit of leeway here. So Steve, carry on. I'll be right back. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was definitely a great. Yeah. So I'll just read off what the tallies for the rest of these are. So Yes album to Fragile had two mentions. Fragile to Close to the Edge, just one. Close to the Edge to Tails, three mentions. Tails to Relayer had two. Relayer to Going for the One had four. Um, and then Union to Talk had two mentions. That might be including mine as well. I'm not 100% sure I remember. Talk to Keys to Ascension had five mentions. So I guess that puts that in fifth place, which makes sense, doesn't surprise me. Keys to Ascension to Open Your Eyes had three mentions. Open Your Eyes to the Ladder, one mention. The Ladder to Magnification, one again. Magnification to Fly From Here had three. Fly From Here to Heaven and Earth had one. And Heaven and Earth to the Quest had one. Um, what's interesting, I think, is that there's no mention of, and I guess it makes sense because it was an archival release, but I kind of wonder. Start over, why. what did I miss? <laughs> I was just reading off the tallies for the rest of the different shows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what I was about to say was it's interesting that there's no mention of from the very first Yes album to Time and a Word, I guess because people sort of group those together, but also no mention of from a page, which I guess makes sense because it was an archival release. So it's like, do you go from Fly From Here to that or heaven and earth to that or like and, that and or what, you're right you know? where's its place and no one mentioned what you mentioned no one mentioned abwh right you're the only one that thought of that and it is very different so what what yeah excuse and, me? and no one mentioned 90125 to big generator either huh oh wow yeah and, and so let me just think because i i knew 
that's when I started to get friendly with Alan when we lived near each other while ABWH was happening. So that next album was, uh, well, my, I'm having such brain fog. So my, my question is, what albums is ABWH sandwiched between? Uh, so it came out a couple years after Big Generator and a couple years before Union. Wow, I think Big Generator to ABWH is as drastic as anything that's been <laughs> mentioned here, production-wise. Forget the music for a moment, which still right. qualifies, but just production-wise from those two. Big Generator, to me, I like the music on it, but it, again, sounds just like Tormato. Yeah, has that narrow EQ field like it sounds boxy, like it could have way been opened up. That's another one I'd love to get my hands on to remix it or have someone again yeah. of worth. Do. You know, it's just like there's so much opportunity there um, that. Yeah, I mean, there's no opportunity necessary, necessary. no experience needed. The, there is in this case. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's funny how Big Generator is kind of the tormato of the 80s, and Oliver Wakeman loves both of those albums. Yeah. Like, those are his two favorites. Yeah, enough. interesting. His dad's not on either one. Well, not on Big Generator. Oh, but what was the first one? Uh, tormato and Big Generator. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks, everybody. Our next show is a birthday show. Break it down, Steve. Yeah, so it, this month, uh, we've actually passed a couple birthdays already. Tony Kay's birthday and Trevor Rabin's birthday. And John Davison's birthday will be on Monday, which is when we'll go live at noon Pacific US time, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, 8 p.m. UK time. So last year, the way we handled it was we sort of uh, broke it into segments, kind of delving into each of their careers within one episode but for this one we thought it'd be a neat idea to imagine okay what if these three guys were in a lineup and because you know john davison hasn't been in a yes lineup with either trevor rapin or or he has performed with tony k when he guested on the yes 50 tour but point is the three of them as a unit haven't performed together so we're or created kinda, together Right. So uh, the idea is let's imagine that they're a lineup, you know, Davison, Rabin, K, or whatever you want to call it. And you can add um, other people as a bassist and drummer, and they can even be from outside of Yes. And so, what songs would you want this lineup to perform, you know? And it would be. That's a freaking brain twister. Yeah, like, do we set a limit on it or, like, number of songs or, like, how do, how do we do this? We're sort of still figuring it out. Four songs. You can mention four songs. Four okay. songs. So, right, so Tales of Topographic Oceans. There we go. There you go. So, <laughs> No, that, that's not my actual answer. Something but. that none of them played on. So it's Kay, Rabin, and Davison. Davison. And it doesn't matter if you mentioned a song they don't have to have performed on any of them just like steve said tales but throw in what drummer and what bass player alive now and they could even be out well they would be outside of yes other than jay shellen right or and, billy, and sherwood. billy sherwood yeah i mean that right there would be a cool lineup um yeah, i mean come to think of it you could even get 
Lou Molino and Lee Pomeroy who performed with that, ARW. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd like to hear people's take of people who have not performed with them right, yeah. before. Um, yeah, throw, so it's up to them. Yeah, I've got some ideas. Just to prime everybody, I'm going to say Getty Lee on bass and Gavin Harrison on drums. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to think hard about mine. Yeah, this will be really interesting. And the thing with Gavin is if they were to play some really old material, he could Bruford it out for sure. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, that, yeah, so we'll make a post or five that will clarify exactly <laughs> what we want. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. And th thanks again, everyone, for chiming in on this topic. And what a great way to start the year for Yes Shift. Uh, you can email us at yesshiftpodcast at gmail.com. Send us suggestions, ideas, feedback if you'd like. You can find the audio episodes at anchor.fm slash yesshift. There's a donate button. Yeah, there's a support button. Um, and you can also see what other podcast platforms we're on. Or if you prefer video, you can catch us live here on facebook.com slash yesshift. And I um, upload the videos onto YouTube afterward. I still have like a few archival episodes that still need to be up there, but I'm working on it. <laughs> and, and Steve is also working hard on finishing up the Roger Dean documentary that we shot. Yeah, the Roger and Freya Dean. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's still... Freya, I forgot yeah. to include her. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think people will really enjoy it. It hasn't been forgotten. It's still getting worked on. And yeah, it will be great to finally put out. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, everybody, so much for following what we do. And questions, suggestions, donations. Steve gave you the rundown. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you, and thank you so much over and out. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs>